How many of you have seen the Aladdin movie? Raise your hands. All right, all right, right on. For those of you who have not seen the Aladdin movie, which is probably a very small percentage of individuals, it's about a street urchin by the name of... Thank you. Who discovers a magic lamp, and when he rubs it, a genie appears. And the genie offers him... Three wishes. Thank you. Three wishes. Gold star for the day. Um, and, the, and the genie, though, is voiced by the now deceased Robin Williams, and he sings a song, You'll Never Have a Friend Like Me. So I'm curious, if you had a friend like the genie, what would you wish for? I have a microphone, and so what I would like to do is I want to ask two or three people what they might wish for. Now, there are some caveats there. First of all, you can't wish for more wishes. Not going to happen. Second of all, in order to keep this short, you can only make one wish. Third of all, since Aladdin is G-rated, which means general audiences, I want your responses to be G-rated as well. I am considering PG, pastoral guidance suggested as well if need be, but, all right, let's find out some wishes. Raise your hand if you got a wish. Now I have to run all the way over there, huh? All right. A job after graduation. A job after graduation. You must have a wish. Um, for everyone to come to our game tonight. <laughs> They are facing off against Brownsville, right? Brownsville, 7 o'clock, in the gym. You can make their wish come true, people. Come on. All right, one more wish. One more wish. i got to run all the way over there now. All right, give me a wish. I wish someone would pay my tuition. Uh -oh. Retirement after graduation is another one I heard. All right. Maybe financial aid is here and they can make your wish come true. All right. So, why all this wishful thinking? We are in a series right now in our Friday chapels called Credo, which means I believe. And so we've been talking about the nature of the Christian faith. Christianity is nothing without Christ. He is the core, the essence, the central aspect of what it means to be a Christian. And a lot of people, when they think about Jesus, who is God in human flesh, the image that comes to mind for them is the image of a genie. They view him as this person that is the great grantor of their wishes or of their desires. And this is nothing new, because when we go back into the Gospels, we see a similar understanding of Jesus by some of the people then. Some of you are probably familiar with this story. It's Jesus who fed 5,000 plus people after a long day of teaching. And Jesus used how many loaves of bread? Oh, come on, really? 
Five, thank you. How many fish? Two, good job. From five loaves of bread and two fish, Jesus feeds this multitude of people. What a feast that was. In fact, the Gospels say that there was so much food given that there was 12 baskets of leftovers. Jesus heard the dialogue going on with the people, and they thought, we really want to make him our earthly king. And so Jesus winds up slipping away from them and goes off to a quiet place to pray. And if you think about it, think about Thanksgiving. After you've eaten a lot of food, what, what do you naturally want to do? Sleep. Sleep, right? So these people, fat and satisfied, they go back home and go to bed. And while they're in dreamland, Jesus leaves them completely and goes to another town on the opposite side of the lake. In the morning, the people, they wake up, and whom do they want to go to? Jesus! So they seek him out, they look around, and then they realize he's no longer in their neighborhood. So they go on a hunt for him. And eventually they find him. And when Jesus sees the crowds coming towards him, he says this to them. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. So in other words, you really don't want me to be your eternal king. Rather, you want me to be your burger king. <laughs> You're just impressed with my miracles because I filled your empty bellies. And now you want to treat me as a drive through and you want me to fill those empty bellies again. And Jesus says to them, he really wants them to look beyond the miracle to the miracle maker, for them to see who Jesus truly is. So what about us? Don't we engage in a similar act when it comes to how we reference and deal with Jesus? Yeah, no, we... we we read these miracle stories, and, and we say, hey, I really want some miracles in my own life. I want to see that happening. Now, we don't have a magic lamp that we rub that genie Jesus appears, but we treat prayer this way. And we even seem to find proof in the Gospels that prayer seems to work this way. Jesus even says in John 16, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Isn't this proof? Isn't this Jesus saying, hey, just ask, whatever you want, I'm going to grant your wishes and give you your desires. When I was a kid, I, I treated prayer this way. And I recall a time um, that I really wanted something in specific if, uh, from Jesus. All my friends were praying for bikes and the latest video game system. Not me. I was praying for something else. So I got on my knees at my bed, and praying to the Father in the name of Jesus, I prayed for the gift of flight. I had read a lot of superhero comic books at that time, and I thought, how awesome would it be to fly? You know what? Those of you who are commuter students or employees, wouldn't it be great to fly and you can bypass all, trying to find a parking space, right? 
Wouldn't that be awesome? And so I remember, man, I really want this. So I prayed for it, and I prayed for it fervently and passionately, and then I got on top of my bed. I'm going to see if I got this prayer request. And so as I leaped up, hoping that I would begin to hover, my hopes and my body came crashing to the ground. And I asked, why wasn't this given to me? Didn't I do the right things? Didn't I say the right things? As we get older, our prayer requests might change, but not necessarily our motivation. For example, if we're ever dealing with a difficult time of a loved one who's on their deathbed, sometimes our prayers aren't always about them. Sometimes our prayers are about us. As hard as it is sometimes to fathom or even to think about, sometimes the best thing to happen in those situations is for that loved one to pass on to be eternally in the arms of Jesus rather than to stay and suffer. But you know what? We might think, I can't live life without them. They need to stay here. So we pray, and we pray for them to stay here. And then our hopes come crashing down when those prayer requests aren't answered. And we get angry, and we get upset when that occurs. One thing I want you to understand is that Jesus, when he prayed, and I want you to think about this mind-boggling concept for a moment. Jesus, who was God in human flesh, praying to God the Father, didn't always have his prayers answered the way he asked. In fact, we see an image of Jesus in the garden who was torn up with anguish, who was grief-stricken, and through his own tears, he prays this prayer to the Father. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And the cup he was talking about was the cup of suffering that was to come upon him very, very soon. And the Father did answer that prayer request, by the way. That next day, that prayer request was heard with the echoing of a hammer upon nails. Nails being driven into the wrists and the feet of Jesus. You see, he did partake in that suffering. That suffering that he endured on the cross. A cross that he endured for you. You see, Jesus understood the nature of prayer because he amended his prayer with these words. Father, not as my will, but your will be done. It's the difference between the genie and Jesus. The genie fulfills our wishes, but Jesus fulfills our deepest need. The things we may ask for may not always be the things that we need. Yet Jesus fulfills our deepest need. And what is that need? The need for a Savior. 
the need to be saved from our deepest evils and our darkest desires. It was here on this cross where he bled and died, where Jesus took on those darkest evils and those darkest desires for you and for me. In exchange, he gave forgiveness and freedom in him to us. So while we may never have a friend like the genie, we have the greatest friend in Jesus, a friend whose greatest gift is to lay down his life for us. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. We thank you for the gift of today. But more importantly, Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, who is a friend of sinners, who heard our agonies and our cries, who saw our darkest evil, evils and stepped into those and took those on on the cross for us. Remind us always, Lord God, of that cross. And through your spirit, create in us a new life in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.